We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app 612 on his final day of february and it's gonna be hot record heat perhaps again today about mid-80s if you're keeping more than tomorrow. They're saying highs of 82, but that's pretty close to 85, so I think they might just be changing that because inevitably they say 84, then they go, you know what, we're going to update this because it's hotter than we thought it was going to be. So figure highs in the mid-80s all the way through Thursday, 40% chance for showers then. Highs of 72 on Friday with a 60% chance for morning showers as the front comes through, but then the weekend going to be splendiferous. Highs of 70 on Saturday, plenty of sunshine. Even cooler, 68 on Sunday with plenty of sunshine. We'll be into March tomorrow, so those days of cool weather are rapidly um, leaving us. So, Peter Scharf joins us now, as he does every Tuesday morning, to take our weekly deep dive into crime, adjunct professor and criminologist at LSU Health New Orleans School of Medicine. How you doing, Peter? Hey, man. Uh, you know, we're, we're in a cycle of high levels of violence. We can't dig out. Other than that, I'm doing great. Let's talk about the first two months. Um, we had a story in the news before about shootings are down, but they really aren't, which is kind of asinine to say that. I mean, it's a statistical uh, category, but y- you can't say shootings are down when more people have gotten shot. That's what NOPD is saying, though, right? Well, this is just the screwed up way we count. Murders are counted as individuals. Shootings, non-fatal shootings are counted as incidents. So the number of, inc- you know, if it's down, it means uh, more people getting, getting shot in a single incident rather than we have reduction in crime because of the way we count. And this, this is in a variety of areas. Uh, we really we really can't make much of a claim. So uh, another, another thing that came out in the controversies over the recall is, uh, you know, the 30,000 people or three, uh, you know, how many, how many uh, people are there in New Orleans? And if we're uh, off, by 30,000 as the, uh, uh, you know, re, 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 recall the choice people are claiming, that means the murder rate has gone up, if you think about it, because we have fewer people. The murder rate, per capita murder rate, is a calculation of number of murders divided by population. So uh, if you have fewer people, the murder rate went up. It really didn't go up. It just means we're counting. The counting is getting more or less accurate. So you know, getting straight numbers, I think, is really critical so people know what's going on. 
Um, what is going on? First two months of the year, we've talked or heard about new crime fighting, fighting strategies, redeployment, et cetera, et cetera. Anything changed, really, substantially? No, no. I mean, th- these are just shuffling the decks on the Titanic kind of. Uh, there, you know, some mind, you know, Michelle Woodfork has done some things, but I don't think they're fundamental enough to alter the course. So are we in for another 250-plus murder year? Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But we're still at a very high level of violence compared to other cities our size. And uh, we got you know, and I think this pause in the recall vote count, we really don't know who our leader is, right? Uh, it gives, it, you, you get to focus on the fundamentals, like what's going on in the city. Does anybody really have a solution to reduce gun violence? And um, you know, I don't, I haven't seen it yet. Maybe it's there. See, and the reason I, I talked about the asininity of saying shootings were down when, in fact, they're not, the first step is admitting you have a problem, right? So if you're playing around with the numbers and you're Absolutely. saying, and you're saying, well, the shootings really are down, well, no, more people have been shot, so how can you say that? Well, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's crap. Come on. The first thing you got to do is admit... <laughs> No, am I wrong or not, Peter? I mean, I'm, t- I'm tired yeah. of all of the ivory well, tower it, it, stuff, and it's like somebody needs to call BS sitting at the table and say, I don't know what the hell all of you people are looking at here, or I don't know what the hell y'all are talking about, but that's not the truth. That's not the reality. Right, and dead bodies don't lie. No, you know? they don't. And, and that's where murder count is the simplest count. And at this rate, you know, three years ago, we had 10 murders in February, 12 murders in February. I'll have to look it up. But, and now we, we have, uh, you know, 20-something. So that isn't good. Something happened in the last three years. Murders are up 110%. So given the latest MCC count, these are homicides. And, you know, we got to be, as you say, honest with ourselves because it's a problem. And, uh, you know, truth in murder numbers should be your and my mantra. Yeah, well, I try to make it that. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know really, Peter, what to say, what to talk about this morning because we keep talking about the same thing. Okay, let me let me ask the standard question. Has anything done substantially since we spoke a week ago, since we spoke a month ago, to deal with shootings or violent crime? Well, the numbers say no, mm. you know, and, and they're, they're, they're having some reductions in other areas. And if you, you have to look at that and see if it's seasonality or it's counting issues or it has, has some of these other crime categories go down, going down. And they might have, but, but we need absolutely pristine numbers, both in terms of population and in terms of the accounts of crime. And uh, there are all kinds, and, and criminologists think that the weakest indicator of crime are UCR number, or the UCR counts, because there are all kinds of things <clears throat> that affect whether crimes get reported. For example, the number of officers on the streets, we have <clears throat> fewer officers, <clears throat> so there are uh, fewer crime counters. And, and that's a very simple example. Uh, and also trust in the system. People report crimes when they believe that something will happen. And if they don't believe something will happen, 
they're less likely uh, to report crimes. And that's where victimization surveys, there are a number of other indicators that are actually better indicators of the amount of crime in a particular community. And uh, we gotta get our numbers straight, we gotta get our action strategies uh, straight. And again, you know, the things we're trying you know, what reason do we have to believe that they'd work? And that's where, you know, this morning I hope we could talk about evidence-based solutions. What are, what are the things that are worth deploying? There, there are lots, of, you know, like, for example, uh, there are a series of studies about randomized uh, patrol, Kansas City studies, they call. And uh, they, uh, they found that whether, how you patrol, if you have fixed time patrol, every two o'clock I'll be at Sixth Street, uh, and versus randomized uh, patrol, so no one knows when I'll be there. It has absolutely no effect on crime. And a lot of things they're doing probably are in that category. They have absolutely no effect on crime. So we've got to get way better. We've got to follow what's worked in other cities. And we are not real good at this right now. Let me take a break. We'll pick it up here. We come back. It seems like we're at one of in one of Dante's levels of hell because nothing's nothing's changing. Everything's the same. We're just sitting here watching the clock tick, or or maybe it's not ticking. That's another level of Dante's hell where you just keep sitting there and the clock's not moving. Everything keeps happening the same, and nothing changes. So we'll talk when we come back. You got any questions or comments? Five zero four two six zero one eight seventy. Um, somebody texted in and said. Um, and you will continue to talk about shootings and other crime as long as your city, like most large cities, are ran by embarrassingly incompetent liberals and woke groups and media like your station that is worried more about social justice as opposed to law and order and let go of the past. I'm glad you got that off of your chest. It makes no sense at all, and a person doesn't even live in this state. But thanks for listening. 621 Traffic Now, WWL. All right, 626, Tommy Tucker, WWL, taking our weekly deep dive into crime with Peter Scharf, adjunct professor, criminologist at LSU Health New Orleans School of Medicine. Parroting talking points from some conservative news channel is not going to solve the crime problem in New Orleans. Peter, are there things that people have done in different cities that we could perhaps copy and and use here that we're not? Hey, Tommy, we're number one in, in homicides in the United States. Jackson is, is making a good run, but with this population shift uh, that got exposed, I don't know. We're mm-hmm. number one or one and a half. You know, so everybody's figured it out. You know, it's not only, you know, and there, there are a bunch of things. One is uh, we're, we're woefully understaffed in, in NLPD, right? So we, you, know, you can't go from... 1,200 to eight-something and uh, keep your crime rate down. We may not have the force on the streets uh, to uh, keep the lid on. The second thing I think is, you know, prevention, where, you know, I think our budget is a million dollars. Newark was $18 million. Baltimore, where Mike Harrison, who we fired, was there is, I think, over uh, $200 million. So other cities are focusing on innovative prevention programs, and we're, like, uh, way back in the pack on that. So we've got to uh, up the ante in terms of law enforcement capacity. And then second, look, uh, do a deep dive, and you say very nicely, 
uh, into the way we're policing. You know, are we using the best methods? And the evidence says no. And, uh, you know, and this is where, you know, you know, let's say you have, uh, uh, you know, Mayor Marino or Mayor, uh, uh, you know, any of the other folks who, you know, far in line to Mayor Morrell, uh, uh, how would they do any better? Sort of is this just the nature of the beast, the nature of the city with all the racial divides, all of the issues we face, or could somebody else figure it out? I actually think, you know, this is this is a, a nut that could be easily figured out, not easily figured out, but with sustained effort, thought, input from other cities, uh, following the research, following best practice. I think we can see a, a decline in murders similar to what uh, Pennington achieved in the uh, 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 you know late nineties. So, what would that and, look uh, like, and why aren't we doing it? We're policing dumb. I feel, that's the only thing I can say. I mean, really, they, they came in uh, in uh, in nineteen ninety. He came here. I, I, I worked with the DC in the class I had. Uh, great guy, and he looked at the situation, looked at the numbers. Uh, looked at in 1994, we had 174 murders. He said, "This is ridiculous. They were closing the city, and uh, we need to do something different." When I uh, fired half the police department, rehired a bunch of them, they upped their capacity and they went. They did something, and it was a nice, saturated patrol. And anything that moved that uh, there was a violation, they'd stop. And the police presence took the murders down from uh, 421 to 199 in five years. Now, if we did uh, not that tactic, but did intensive prevention, intensive uh, monitoring on the street, could we reverse it? And, you know, just ride around the city. You know, you go down to a 500 block of Canal, and you'd say, okay, if I were the captain in charge of that district, what would I do? Would I target individuals? Would I rely on intelligence to tell me who the bad actors were? Would I uh, do intensive patrol? Would I do broken windows theory, clean the place up, get rid of the graffiti, uh, and, uh, and bring about change? There are a bunch of things in the police tool bag that other cities have done. They've all, most of them have done it. All right, let me take a break. We'll pick it up here. We'll come back. The question is, why aren't we doing it here? 6.30, more when we return. Time now for WWL First News. All right, 6.42, 18 before 7. Tommy Tucker talking to Peter Scharf, adjunct professor criminologist at LSU Health New Orleans School of Medicine. Peter, I'm looking at the Metropolitan Crime Commission dashboard here, auto thefts. Averaging 25 a day. If you if you look at the chart, it looks like they took a big step down from 39 to 13 on the 26th of February. But then you see the note, 287 additional auto theft calls, 17% have been identified as gone on arrival, indicating that the complaining witness victim is no longer on the scene when officers arrive. So it doesn't count. And I guess 
that just makes me think again that as long as we continue to cook the books or play with the stats, we're not going to fix anything. Making or, or like the talking point when the group came in back in the fall was, well, let's just, you know, change the perception of crime. Perception, my Aunt Agnes is Ashcan. People are getting shot and killed every day. You can try to put lipstick on the pig all you want. It's not going to change the fact that we have a problem and something needs to be done about it. Absolutely. And, you know, getting the numbers straight is a critical piece. You know, one, it's facing reality, right? And You know, like when you do the weather report and you say it's really hot, if you didn't have a calibrated thermometer, you couldn't do that, right? And the same thing is true with violent crime. We need precise indicators, both the population and uh, as well as the crimes in different categories. This thing that came out during the recall debate, hey, we may have 30,000 fewer people in New Orleans than we thought, right? And uh, the, the, the recount or re, what the court actions now to really understand what is the base, that's a change of 6% in the murder totals, which means we zoomed past Jackson, believe it or not, to clear number one. And, you know, we, we, we just got to get better at this. Uh, you know, the other thing is this, you know, this pause. I guess I'd call it a pause in, in leadership may be good in the sense you'd say, okay, if uh, Mayor Oliver, Mayor J.P. or Mayor Helena had the reins, would they do anything different? Or is the system so, uh, you know, uh, ingrained that not much new can happen? You know, but again, you look at it, you know, we weren't rocket science people in uh, scientists in 2019. We had 121 murders. Last year, we had 280. How did we go up 140% in, in, in two years? So these, you know, and, and other cities have done it. Cities all over the country are going down in murder. Uh, and violent crime indicators. We're we're maintaining our our lead, or and actually going up. So we're other places in our in our past. We did things that were very different than what we're doing now, and that's sort of really you know. It, and let me ask this as a hypothetical for you: If we have another three years uh, of 250 plus murders which looks like it's happening. Uh, there's no miracle cure. Maybe it'll come, but it's not here now. What What is the future of New Orleans? I mean, can we maintain our image as a great city uh, with that level of carnage a year? So what can... Um... What can we do that other cities are doing that we could do today? What what are other cities doing that we could do today if Michelle Woodfork or whomever is running NOPD decided that they wanted to do it? What could we do that other cities are doing today to start to uh, affect a change when it, as it relates to violent crime? Great, great question. One, follow the evidence. Look and you ask the question yourself. You know, what are other cities doing? You know that are not number one in homicides in the country, and not at a, at, at a high level. Remember, in uh, 2020, we had 201 murders, so it was already peaking. So now, on our third, or depending on count, fourth year of the epidemic, and sort of what what are other cities doing? 
Philly, uh, Philadelphia is down by 8% this year. What is Philadelphia doing that we're not doing? Is one answer, which is a simple-minded one. They're spending a lot more money on, on violent crime prevention. They have programs in every area of Philadelphia. Baltimore is doing the same. Many of the other high-murder cities are just investing more and investing smarter. The other thing is, uh, you know, administrations go through fatigue. Let's be real, right? This is an administration just in uh, policy, violent crime policy fatigue. They've gotten, you know, they're not, you know, as engaged as they once were. Uh, But again, the record of this administration has not been great. You know, you go from 119 murders, 121, to 280, and, and, and the rate doesn't seem to be falling. You know, people are going to wonder. So you ask two questions. One, how is the recall vote going to affect the administration? And how is the way they handle business affecting the people who voted for the recall? Whether it prevails or not, I have no idea. Uh, but there are a lot of people we're very disappointed in what's going on. And I think to wake up and start getting back to business, look at what works and deploy it and make sure it's deployed well. So again, what what would that look like? Are we do we have a tiger unit unit is the uh, consent decree getting in the way of that cuz I'm I'm not hearing any answers, Peter. No, well you're right. Uh the, uh, you know, why, you know, there's a certain level of mystery in why they're not doing the things that worked. You know, what, what, what 2019 was three years ago, uh, and the Tiger team did a really good job. And, you know, some of the consent decree issues, but also uh, other things affected uh, them backing off that strategy, political things. Uh, and I think to really look at what, the, what worked and get back to that, you know, and the, the Tiger team, people don't know, is an intelligence-led policing initiative, and they figure out where fo- the folks who were problems for the city were hanging out, and they had a jump-out squad, and a lot of them were my friends, and they uh, would get them. And they actually did, and one of the interesting things is they reduced the overall incarceration and uh, uh, rate. So, you know, you reduce people in jail, but you also decrease murder. So you had a big win. Uh, And then, you know, you're going to have to ask them why they didn't continue it. You know, uh, but but I think to realize, you know, we're in deep trouble right now unless we go back to some of these things where other cities had success or we had success. Let me take a break here, Peter, because I think— the question uh, when we come back is, is this going to be something that we're always going to have to battle? And if that's the case, what, what's the underlying factor? I don't know if somebody was talking about wokeism on Fox News last night, but I'm getting a bunch of texts about wokeism, and I, I don't know what even that's supposed to mean in a crime-fighting sense. But it, there, has, there has to be underlying factors because— Okay, violent crime goes up, you fight it. Violent crime goes up, you fight it. Violent crime goes up, you fight it. And if you don't keep fighting it, violent crime is going to go up again. So what are those underlying factors? And it seems like until we deal with those underlying factors, then this is going to be a constant struggle. 
and maybe that's just the way society is. I don't know. You're a criminologist. You tell me. 651, 9 till 7. Traffic now, WWL. 656, 4 till 7. Tommy Tucker, WWL, talking to Peter Scharf as we do every Tuesday morning. So, Peter, it seems like, you know, it's like coastal erosion. When you talk about violent crime in New Orleans, you can beat it back for a while, but then it's going to come back. You can beat it back. It's going to come back. Well, is that the way around the country? Are there underlying factors that we've ignored for years? And is this the new normal, not just here, but all over the country? And I got to tell you, I well, think that's one hell of a question. Yeah, it's a great question. <laughs> You're on fire right now. Uh, you know, there's, there's a suspicion that the administ- this administration, the president administration, is very ambivalent about violent crime reduction efforts. You talking about the city administration? Yep. Okay. It was, and to go back to Josh Cox, who was the first uh, Uber Fuhrer or whatever you want to call it for these policies, and he was very suspicious of the police. And they adopted their two ceasefire models, and cure violence was Chicago ceasefire, and uh, focused deterrence, the Boston model, which is much more proactive. And they went with the uh, more culturally sensitive. Uh, using violent crime interrupters rather than a coordinated effort to control crime. So I think that ambivalence has outlasted the personalities and that initial uh, choice. And there, I have a friend who unfortunately died, Reuben Greenberg. You ever heard, hear of him? He was the chief in uh, oh, Charleston, yeah. South Carolina. Yeah, he's a great guy. He was a black Orthodox Jew and had a hundred percent Klan rating approval. And he he had he was a tiger. In fact, if you got your stuff ripped off in a uh, Charleston uh, hotel, they'd reimburse you. <laughs> That's how radical it was. But there and they would knock down the dope houses. And you know, but that and he was African American, Jewish African, Orthodox Jew, African American. But he was about as proactive as he can get. So the question of, and again, our, our politicians are often prisoners of demography, right? So how do you overcome the temptation to do what's comfortable for your voting base in terms of, or to solve the problem? And right now, I think we're at a point where we, we need politicians to stand up. And there'll be political risks to doing it. But uh, at this point, uh, if we don't do it now, we're going to have these conversations for the next 10 years. Right now, we're on a downward slide. Somebody has to politically has to stand up and reverse the trend. Thank you, Peter. Appreciate your time as always. Peter Scharf, Dr. Peter Scharf, adjunct professor, criminologist. At LSU Health New Orleans School of Medicine, we come back. We're going to talk to Renee Amar, Executive Director. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your 
vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.